Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Speaking truth to power. (laughs) That's one of the things that matters in this world. It has to be one of the most difficult of ethical challenges because one must be confronted by personal danger, by the prospect of sacrifice in taking this risk of speaking truth to power. I want to look at that for a moment. From days of old, clan elders, kings, bosses were mostly men who ruled by power, often military strength, and to question their decisions was to risk death. You know, a major theme running through Sophocles' 4th century play Antigone is the perils of speaking truth to power. Now, this play is the source of the modern cliche, shooting the messenger. Early on in the story, straws are drawn among King Creon's guards to choose who will be the unlucky one who must tell the king that his niece and soon-to-be daughter-in-law, Antigone, have defied one of his edicts, but that they have gained wide support from the citizens. Now the guard with the short straw realizes nobody likes the bringer of bad news. King Creon questions the guard's loyalty when he comes before him and proclaims that because he, Creon, is king, the gods must agree with him. We call that chutzpah, but you might have another word for it. He refuses to listen to Antigone's reasons for defying his edict. One, she's a woman. That already challenges his male ego. Furthermore, he refuses to listen to his people, deciding that would be a show of weakness, which means it's a clear and present danger to his power base. Now, Creon's son, Haman, puts his fear aside long enough to tell Creon to his face that, quote, your presence frightens any common man from saying things you would not care to hear, unquote. In other words, people are too frightened to speak truth to power. It goes on. Do not have one mind and one alone that only your opinion can be right. Whoever thinks that he alone is wise, his eloquence, his mind above the rest, come the unfolding shows his emptiness. We ever approach and see people who insist that only they are right? And we can see clearly, as Creon's son says, their emptiness. He goes on, A man, though wise, should never be ashamed of learning more and must unbend his mind. Have you not seen the trees beside the torrent, the ones that bend them, saving every leaf, while the resistant perish, root and branch? And so the ship that will not slacken sail, the sheet drawn tight, unyielding, overturns. She ends the voyage with her keel on top. 
How many of us are like that? We refuse to budge. And in our stubbornness are tossed over, lose, lose the love of someone because we won't yield, because we won't bend. We are willing to be that stubborn and lose it all. The speech goes on, no, yield your wrath. Allow a change of stand. Young as I am, if I may give advice, I'd say it would be best if men were born perfect in wisdom, but failing this, which often fails, it can be no dishonor to learn from others when they speak good sense. That's a pretty smart kid trying to give his dad good advice. Do we learn from others when they speak good sense? And are we willing to speak truth to power when they do not? Creon is stubborn. He does not heed his son's advice. And in the end, he is responsible for the death to his family, ruin on himself, destruction to his country. Now, an example we're all familiar with, speaking truth to power, was spoken Without words. Yes, we can speak without words. Rosa Parks spoke truth to power without words. She said simply and movingly that to move out of her seat because she was of a different color was wrong, unjust, and that in her refusal, she was not only protesting that, she was saying to those more powerful than her, you are wrong. And that sitting in this seat and not moving to the back of the bus because of the color of her skin spoke volumes to issues of justice and fairness and freedom. Her silence and refusal to yield despite danger to herself was louder than a thousand speeches. You know, when I was thinking about this for this week and how important this topic is, I realized that I was once confronted by a situation where I felt a former colleague was being unfairly scapegoated by another former colleague of mine who was of a more powerful position in an organization. And this second more powerful man wanted things his way and wanted to end the career of this other uh, colleague. The one I went to support in front of a gathering of hundreds in a public setting was to be fired. For what I just saw is another man's willingness or desire, hunger to call all the shots. And When I showed up to support my friend in a building that I hadn't been in in a long time with an organization I hadn't been part of for a few years, Those who knew me there and began to call out my name, they knew what I was there to do. There was a a kind of clear sound before this institutional meeting. It it, it was very electric in the room. I mean, good and bad. There was an electricity, a a sense of goodwill of hoping to rescue this man. At least that's how I read it. And at the same time, a recognition that the more powerful man was going to have his way unless someone stopped him. The national head of the faith-based organization who had flown in 
from New York just for this meeting in California met me as I strode up the center aisle to the front of the room where they were about to call the meeting to order and said the following to me that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. He said, quote, if you speak out tonight, you will never work in this line again. You will never work in this line of work again. Now, I was a divorced dad with primary responsibility for raising three young children. I felt fear and anger well up in me. I don't point this out as a sign of courage, only to say that I went from that thread and continued walking up the center aisle purposely to the another individual who had been chosen to conduct this entire uh, gathering that night, another national head. Uh, and I w- went up uh, and I told him the following. And I remember I couldn't stop myself from saying the words if I had wanted to, but I just felt this sense that it was the right and clear and insistent message that was flowing up from deep inside me, I just said, I had been threatened by a national leader of the organization, and I want that on the record. No, 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 you don't. Jan, don't don't say this out. No, I want this on the record. I have been threatened tonight because I want to speak up for someone who I believe is being unfairly treated. He said, I will note it in the room record i then sat down when i did rise to speak later in the meeting they immediately shut down the meeting and called for a vote in other words they didn't want any argument on both sides so rather than allow me to speak they were going to shut the meeting down and take the vote and this also limited the more powerful man from having individuals on his side speak up Now, I hope this isn't all confusing, but what I am saying is uh, my friend survived at the end of that meeting and a year later retired in dignity rather than be shut down without any time to find a new position or to choose his path for himself after serving for many, many years. And it was the closest I had come to speaking truth to power. So I'd ask you, how about you? Because this just occurred to me in this week in which I watch different moments around the world where I believe that's taking place or where it needs to take place, where someone needs to rise up and say what needs to be said. And of course, that's always in the eye and in the heart of whoever's looking. But I think if we look, we want to do what is just. Are there moments when you are someone in your family or among your friends have taken a stand? Think about that a moment. Consider their actions. And each of us must ask what we are willing to do to stand up for those things we know are right and just in large and small ways. You know, getting back to the play by Sophocles in the play, both the messenger 
and the king faced tough ethical choices. The guard, uh, for example, the messenger who first came in, the one who drew the short straw, had to speak truth to King Creon. He was likely to be killed speaking truth to power. And as the king saw it, he must either execute his son's fiance or undermine his own authority to govern. Sophocles implies that the latter choice is both the harder and more morally. More morally um, needed for someone to be willing to sacrifice their own power in order to do the right thing. In the story of Antigone, the obstinate King Creon, there's a blind seer who says, stubbornness and stupidity are twins. The play is a reminder to leaders that their ethical duty is to create what, in a modern organizational context, James O'Toole and Warren Bennis in the Harvard Business Review call a culture of candor. It's a reminder to leaders that their ethical duty is to create, in today's world, a culture of candor. The ancient Greeks had a word for culture. It was ethos, the root of the modern English word ethics. So in the coming week, take a moment to consider who and when is calling on you to speak truth to power. Who is calling and when in the middle of your life is that happening? What is going on around you? Who is calling on this moment to uncover, to reveal the ethics of clarity and candor in your life? And in some small ways or large you may be called be calling on and someone or something may be calling on you to speak truth to power and it might even mean speaking truth to ourselves let's marinate in that until next week i'm jan goldstein and this is all that matters (laughs) 